The scripture reading this morning comes from James chapter 4, verses 13 to 17. Hear these words. Sorry about that. I'm going to clip on this mic here. Hear these words. Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why you do, why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow? What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good that they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Holy and gracious God, we give you thanks for this scripture reading this morning, and I pray that uh, you would continue to open our ears and our hearts to hear what you would have to say to us uh, in this time. Lord, help us to be who you're calling us to be, and help us to go and do what you're calling us to do. And I pray that you would speak through me and speak in spite of me. In Jesus' name, amen. So this morning, um, I want to talk for a moment about astronomy. I've always loved the stars and how they came to be. To think how big God is to create such a tiny earth and a massive solar system is simply amazing to me. I'm not sure if you've heard, seen, or noticed anything about the comet that has recently been captivating many stargazers around the world. The comet Neowise has, become, has been in our northern hemisphere, but according to a Forbes article I was reading this week, it's on its way out. In fact, Wednesday, July 22nd, this past Wednesday that we just experienced, you had one opportunity to see this comet when it was closest to Earth. And when I say close, I mean only 64 million miles or so. Um, so there was no need or concern um, for it to come close to Earth in a dangerous way. But what was neat about this comet was that you didn't need thousands of dollars worth of equipment in order to see it. It was visible to the naked eye. And maybe the only comet in our lifetime that we can say that about. Some say that it was the most spectacular comet that we've seen in nearly 15 years, and that this comet is a long-term comet, a long-period comet that enters the inner solar system only once every 6,800 years or so. In other words, only once in our lifetime. And Wednesday night was the one opportunity we had to see the Neowise comet closest to Earth. In other words, if you wanted to see this comet when it was closest to Earth, it wasn't just something that you could put off. You couldn't just say, oh, I'll catch the comet on another evening in the future. 
No, if you wanted to catch the comet at its closest point to Earth, you all you had was Wednesday night and Wednesday night alone. Now, Wednesday night, and this part of the peninsula at least, was pretty cloudy and rainy. So we couldn't really see the stars. I tried to go out into the front yard and look myself, but it was hard to see. Uh, but in other places uh, around uh, that were had clear skies, uh, this was the closest point that you could see the comet. And as I was reading about this comet, I was thinking about life, in which the life that God has graciously given to each and every one of us. No one has, has asked to be born, but God created us anyway. To that, we can give thanks. But one thing about life is that we know for sure that all we have is this present moment. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. Just like Wednesday was the one moment that we had to see Neowise at its closest point to Earth. In the same way, all we have is this present day in this present moment. We must be careful when we put things off to another day because sometimes another day may not come for us. And this is what the scripture is essentially about this morning. The key concern for James seems to be that some people are boasting and bragging about the future that they have no control over. Now, earlier in the book of James, the author confronts the rich in their, in their need for spiritual humility. Now he challenges the wealthy that boast and brag about where they're going to go and how long they're going to stay there and the financial profit that they're going to gain and make in their business deals. And James is saying, hold on to all of you who are so confident about the future. He says things like this, tomorrow we will go to such and such town and stay there a year. James says that we don't even know about tomorrow. We're not, we can't be guaranteed of anything but this present moment that we have by God's amazing grace. And there are two thoughts around the scripture, uh, surrounding the scripture that I want to share with you this morning. The first is this, is that we are not promised tomorrow. So let's live today. We are not promised tomorrow. So let us live today. Not that being a planner can't be beneficial for us. It's not that planning ahead is a bad thing because many of us do that and it can be a responsible thing to do. But I think the scripture speaks to us in a way that reminds us that we're not promised tomorrow. There's a toy store on the avenue in Rehoboth Beach, and each day one of the employees stands outside of the store as tourists and beachgoers walk past and seagulls swoop down to catch dropped french fries. And the employee will also have this, what looks like a long stick in a tube of liquid. And once the employee pulls the stick out of the tube, it opens up and it turns into, it produces a ginormous bubble, a bubble that is easily the size of a beach ball. And as the bubble floats across the people, small children get distracted, and yes, even adults sometimes get distracted, and they stop and they look at this big bubble. And eventually it pops due to its short life expectancy or because someone had a pointed finger that popped it. Bubbles can be a reflection of our lives. They're here for a short while, and then they're gone. According to a 2017 finding from the CDC National Center for Health Statistics, the life expectancy in the United States is 78.6 years old. Now, some of us are older than that, and some of us are younger than that. And I share this because in the grand scheme of things, 
we are only on this earth for a short period of time. And yes, sometimes the years feel short and the days feel long, but certainly, but time certainly does seem to escape us and fly by sometimes, doesn't it? I don't know about you, but the last thing I want to do is let the years go by by just living a normal and mundane life. I want to live as a disciple of Jesus Christ on this day that the Lord has made. I want to rejoice and be glad in it and live like tomorrow isn't promised. In fact, James even says, you really don't know about tomorrow. You are a mist that appears for a short while before it vanishes. Now, not to be morbid, but we ought to live like it's our last day because that's all that's promised to us, this present moment. Our discipleship matters today. Our discipleship matters right now. What is it that you and I may be putting off that God may be calling you to do? What is it that you say, maybe I'll get to that someday? Well, if now is not the time, then when? We're not promised tomorrow. So let's live today. I also want to share with us secondly this morning is that in our lives, not only are we not promised tomorrow, so let's live today, but let's also do the right thing today. Let's make the right choices today. If all we have is this present moment, then let's set our minds on doing the right thing and being faithful disciples of Jesus Christ. James says that anyone who knows the good that they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. Remember, James also says back in an earlier chapter to not just be hearers of the word, but to be doers of the word. James says that it is sin when someone knows the right thing to do and doesn't do it. Have you ever been there before? You're in a situation that requires you to practice your faith and live out your faith, but you don't end up doing the right thing. Maybe it's out of fear or maybe it's out of ignorance or whatever. But regardless, you don't do what is right. And I don't think we need to beat ourselves up too much over this because we've all certainly been there in minor ways. And for some of us, we've been there in major ways that can be life-altering. But James can remind us that the right thing to do is the right thing to do. Because today is all we have, so let's do the right thing today. And when it comes to the right thing as disciples of Jesus Christ, there are many right choices that we can make every day. But there were a couple that kind of stuck out to me this week as I was preparing this message about some right things that we can be doing as disciples of Jesus Christ. And the first one, of course, comes from the greatest commandment that is found in Mark chapter 12, verses 30 and 31. And Jesus says there's no commandment greater than these, and it's the commandment to love God and love others, to love people. It's something we ought to remind ourselves of daily in our discipleship. If loving God and loving our neighbor is the greatest commandment, then following the greatest commandment is the right thing to do. This is a daily decision that we all make. Will we make the decision today, on this Sunday, on, on July 26th, is it? Or will we make a decision today to love God and love neighbor? Because that's the right choice. The other right choice for us to make daily as disciples, as there are many, but another one is to be someone who practices forgiveness. Not just someone who loves God and loves neighbor, but someone who practices forgiveness. That's the right choice. Mark 
chapter 11, verse 25 says, If you hold anything against anyone, forgive them, so that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32 says, To be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ, just as in Christ God forgave you. Now, although it can be hard, forgiveness is also the right decision when it comes to being a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. But let me share with you some things that forgiveness does not mean. Forgiveness doesn't mean that the other person was correct. Forgiveness doesn't mean that you weren't wronged. Forgiveness doesn't mean that trust is automatically restored. Forgiveness doesn't mean that there's automatically reconciliation and healing. Forgiveness doesn't mean that your relationship goes back to the way that it was. And forgiveness doesn't mean that we allow someone to keep walking all over us because we just say, it's okay, you're forgiven. Forgiveness is about letting the weight go that burdens you down. It's about choosing not to hold on to what was done to you. Easier said than done, I know. We all have people that we struggle to forgive for something they did to us or something they did to someone that we love. Forgiveness sometimes is a daily decision that we have to make where we say, today, I continue the process of forgiving this person. Help me, Lord, today to practice forgiveness. Help me to not hold on to this that burdens me down so much. Please take it from me, Lord. Because if we claim to receive forgiveness from our loving God, we have also got to be willing to give that forgiveness out to others. And as scripture says, forgive each other as Christ forgave you. Now we know this, right? We certainly know that forgiveness is something that we ought to aim towards as disciples of Jesus Christ, as Christians. We know that forgiveness is the right decision. But not only is loving God the right thing to do today, not only is loving your neighbor the right thing to do today, not only is forgiving others as God has forgiven us the right thing to do today, but Micah 6.8 also tells us what the Lord requires of us and from us. It is to do justice. It is to embrace faithful love. And it is to walk humbly with your God. This is also the right thing to do. Do you ever hit the, hit the snooze button? In fact, this morning, I hit the snooze button on the side of my cell phone, just today. Maybe you went to bed too late, or maybe you didn't get a good night's sleep, and just when you feel like you're finally sleeping, here comes Mr. Alarm to alert you that it's time to get up. So we hit the snooze button. And seven or eight minutes go by before we hear the alarm going off again. What are we doing when we do that? What are we doing when we hit the snooze button? We're putting off getting out of bed, aren't we? We're putting off something. We're putting off getting up. And I'll ask you again this morning, what are you putting off? What are you hitting the snooze button on? What is it that God may be calling you to do or to be in your life? Do you know what the right decision is? 
I pray that you do what's right in the eyes of God and that we would all live in a way where we are only promised this present moment. I pray that we would make the right decision to forgive others, to love God, and to love our neighbor and all that we do. So go from this place today. And wherever it is that you're, whatever it is you're doing today, live with all the love that you can live with. Be someone who is a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ right now in this present moment, because this present moment is all that we have. Let us pray. Gracious and almighty God, we give you thanks. And we pray that we can live as faithful disciples of Jesus Christ today. Lord, we know that sometimes it can be responsible to plan ahead and to prepare things in advance. But help us to not focus so much on the future that we miss out on today. Help us to remember that this present moment is all that we have, so help us to live for you in this present moment. Help us to live for you today. In Jesus' name.